What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the Heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast, 17 County Podcast. Uh, doing so helps grow our podcast, and so we appreciate the help from our listeners. Um, we got to break through that Google algorithm and Spotify algorithm somehow, so we appreciate that support. Um, and so we would also like to take time to thank our members. Um, without these you know, member investors, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here at YCDC. So I just want to take the time to thank uh, Cornerstone Bank, Central Valley Ag, uh, Mead Lumber Company, uh, York General Healthcare Services, Black Hills Energy, um, A Plus Construction, and Hamilton Communications. Um, just a, uh, a short list of, of the 190 plus members that we do have here at YCDC. And so members can be found at our member directory page at yorkdevco.com. That's Y O R K D E V co.com. Um, and if you're interested about being a member, you can find more of that information on our website as well. So we'll jump right into our interview. Today's guest uh, graduated from the luckiest town in Nebraska, but luck has nothing to do with his success. His passion for the trade started in high school while working in a lumber yard um, and had progressed to him owning his own small business currently. But no matter how much time is asked of him as a small business owner, he has still has made time for his wife and his three children. Uh, today we are joined by the owner of Patina Studios, Rod Woods. Uh, so welcome, Rod. Yeah, how are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, welcome to you know, the 17 County Podcast. Uh, yeah. Happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. So we'll kind of jump into a fun little segment here, kind of changing up from uh, years past from any of our listeners who've been listening for a while now. Um, we got a new one here. It's called Three on Three. So um, we'll just have a general topic and people will give their like top three or bottom three for the topic. So this one we're going to do Big Ten campuses that we most want to visit. Um, and so I'll go first. Um, and, and then we're also going to do least want to visit. Um, so I'll go first with the least want to visit. Um, Iowa, number one. Um, I've already been there, so I really don't want to go back. It was really cold when I was there. Um, without uh, the late Thanksgiving game, it's just you never know what kind of weather you're going to get. And so I, I'm just not looking forward to going back there. And then they put sweaters <laughs> and trees, and so I didn't understand that as well in downtown <laughs> Iowa City. So didn't really understand that. Um, I went to Minnesota when I was in college. Um, wasn't really impressed. I mean, Minneapolis was really cool getting to check out the city. Um, but the stadium, I mean, at the time, it felt like a, a college stadium or an NFL stadium. It was open. There wasn't very many uh, people there. And so I just wasn't really excited about that. And then Illinois, just no reason at all. Just no, nothing really exciting about Illinois to me. Um, do you have a bottom three or anything well, that, that you might have stand stole, up? You might have stole mine. I, I've never had a desire to go to, to uh, Minnesota either, uh, nor Illinois. Um you know, I got to say it's it's maybe not on my top three, but Iowa I wouldn't mind going to just for a rivalry game. You know, Nebraska playing there, I would I wouldn't mind going there, but I don't necessarily have a, a desire to see the stadium. Um, you know, I don't know the other ones uh, least desire. I you know probably probably you know the two that you picked and um, I don't know maybe Rutgers. I've never really had a, a desire to go there. Seems like a long ways to go to go it, too it does, as well you know, for just a so-so game. Maybe. Right. I'm just not sure why I'd be there. <laughs> cool, so. cool. And then is there a, a top top three that you can kind of think of or, or that well, came to mind? 
you know, that come to mind, uh, I mean, obviously Nebraska's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know if this is want to go to, you know, obviously I've been there, I've seen that, but that experience is incredible. We're planning to go to the spring game uh, this weekend. And um, also my son and I had an opportunity to go to uh, Ohio State, um, see a game there. And, you know, honestly, I'm not going to rate them, but, but, you know, thinking about the experience in Lincoln and thinking about Ohio State, there's a, it's different but it's just as it's just as eye opening. I mean, it was a phenomenal and it's a, experience. A huge stadium, right? Oh, it's I massive. Mean, yeah. I mean, it's a massive stadium. Uh, they have massive outside in the courtyards before the game. They just have massive amounts of vendors and and things going on. I mean, it's just a huge, huge event. That, yeah, it sounds like it sounds similar to yeah, Lincoln. Yeah. Just a lot of people packed into a little it amount was. of space. Yeah, so, and this yeah. was actually two years ago, uh, before the pandemic. But uh, so it was. So there was still crowds and, and we'll uh, get back there we'll, yeah we're gonna get back there this fall I hope that's so. right yeah and then is there a third one you got on there uh know. third one that I want to see I don't I don't know why this is kind of strange I guess because just because I knew people there but for some reason I've always wanted to go to a Northwestern game and it's not like I want to see the campus or the stadium but for some reason I I've wanted to do that well I'm going to tell you you need to go because really I've been I've gone to one game there and then I worked on Northwestern's campus for a mm. short period of time as well Beautiful campus. I mean, it's right there on Lake Michigan. It's a fantastic campus. The stadium feels very much like a like Concordia or Doan. Yeah. Or it's not very big, but um, they they make the atmosphere quite a bit of fun too as well. And Nebraska just invades. I mean, it's like anywhere else. I mean, yeah. we take over the stadium, and so it's it's a it's a good time. So I, I recommend going to that one for sure. Yeah. Good. So we'll check it out. Yeah, that one's probably. It didn't clear my top three, um, but it, it, it made it, um, it's probably my number four, number five. But my number one um, would have to be Indiana. I've heard nothing good things about Bloomington. Um, I've, uh, I've had a few friends go to school there and with their master's program, um, and it's just a phenomenal campus is from what I've heard. Um, Wisconsin, uh, my last visit there actually wasn't a very positive visit. Um, it was the first game of Nebraska in the Big Ten. Oh, so yeah. we just got absolutely throttled by Wisconsin <laughs> up there. And their fans were, it was a night game, so their fans were uh, less than friendly at that point in time in the sure. evening. And so, but the campus was incredible. It, once again, it's another campus that's right on the lake. Very, um, very old campus, and so it's got a lot of uh, history, and there's a lot of neat things to see there. And then number one was... Purdue. Um, I love going to Purdue. Um, I've been there twice now. Um, it's probably my most favorite campus to visit. Um, it's just laid out so so nice, so well. Um, West Lafayette is you know not that bad of a drive away, um, just right outside of Indianapolis. So if you're there for the weekend, you know stop by Indianapolis. There's there's quite a bit to do there in Indianapolis as well. But yeah, Purdue is my number one. And then the stadium yeah. is. It's nothing to really uh, boast your chest about, but Purdue's, you know, um, getting better. But yeah, their 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 campus as a whole and stadium, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Cool. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll jump right into the interview here. So talk to me a little bit about um, where you grew up. Tell me about home and and then everything like that. So I grew up in uh, Holt County. I actually went to grade school through eighth grade uh, in a, in a small school that's now closed towns, uh, town at that point was uh, 180 people. And, uh, I had my graduating eighth grade class had eight people in it. So there was six girls and two boys. So the ratios were right. (laughs) But, uh, so anyway, it was just, it was just a small school. Um, you know, very, uh, 
very small, uh, you know, everything. Our athletic teams were small. I, I mean, I literally can remember in track doing high jump into a mattress on the sand pit. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those kind of experiences. And, and to us, it was it was great, you know. Um, from there, I went to uh, high school in O'Neill, and we were a Class B school. Actually, my first experience with York was in was in high school. Um, we went to the state tournament in basketball. Uh, my junior year would have been in 91, and York beat us in the state, oh. state semifinals. So that was my first introduction to York. What a coincidence for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Come anyway. full circle about that. Yeah, yeah there, was a, there was a full circle about, about that, and we've had some interesting conversations about some of those players that played on that team and some memories. So, But yeah, I graduated from O'Neill in, in 92. But yeah, that's, that's where I grew up. And so you, you, you played uh, a little bit of basketball. Was there any other activities that kept you busy throughout I, the I did every up? activity that was possible. I mean, literally. Great. I, yeah. I, uh, I, was, uh, I was football all four years. Basketball was football and basketball were my two big sports. Um, I went out for track for, for three years. I wasn't a huge track athlete, didn't really care for it, but I was out. Golfed one year, uh, and then baseball in the summer. I, you know, I... O'Neill was a big baseball town, um, huge fan base there. It was very, uh, very loyal fan base, and so it was, uh, it was something that was a big deal in O'Neill. So honestly, in O'Neill, we 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 went out for track to get ready for baseball, and, and so that's just, just to get in shape. It was your just conditioning. Shape. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm not going out for track. Well, you got it for baseball. Yeah, you got to get in shape. Yeah. You got to stay in shape between basketball and <laughs> yeah. And of course, those times we didn't have you know we didn't have football camps all summer. You know, we went to a couple camps. We didn't have leagues. We didn't have basketball leagues. We didn't have all that stuff. And I mean, we, you had weight training, I'm sure, but we it, had weight training, but it wasn't like the two a day weight yeah. training that they offer yeah. today and everything. Yeah, it was like totally that. different. Yeah. So yeah, we just played baseball. But so that was that was a big part of my upbringing, and and uh, and then I was also in. Uh, I was pretty involved in, in all the arts as well. I was in, in choir and swing choir. I was in a, uh, a quartet. Um, I was also involved in one acts, um, also in the musical all four years. Um, my, my senior year, actually, I had to lead in the musical, and so I was pretty pretty involved in that as well. So was it just you then up there, or uh, any siblings? Or, yeah, so yeah. I've, got a, I've got a sister that's three years older than me, and uh, she lives in Omaha, married, got a couple kids. Also, the sister, and then uh, your folks were up there as well, and then you started um, working at a young age as well, so talk to a little bit about that. Yeah, I don't remember what year I started, but it was in high school during the summer. I started working at Carhartt Lumber, mm -hmm. uh, local lumber yard there, and um, yeah, I just started back in the, back in the uh, um, you know, delivering loading part. I can remember uh, Dan Manish, I remember that uh, he was a guy that had went to work there in high school and was still working there and Dan was at that point he was in his 50s or early 60s and I remember Dan teaching me how to put screens and windows that's what we do in our downtime when there was no deliveries we'd we'd glaze windows and put screens and windows and and things like that we stock shelves so so yeah that was kind of what I did during high school and um, you know spent my time making some money and and I enjoyed it I mean I enjoyed the Getting to know the the different contractors coming in, learning how to build things. And, and what was the connection to the to Carhartt Lumber? Was there like you know your dad like just a family friend? Or? No, I I don't remember a connection. I I think it was just a matter of I I was I was just kind they'll of, work around my baseball schedule and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was just kind of inclined that way. I like to build things and and I but I don't really know what attracted me there to be real honest with you. But they were they were great to work for. It was. 
you know, they were very understanding of schedule, very supportive. We did a big project in baseball where we built a, uh, we built a solid wall and we built a green monster in left field. Oh, sweet. And, uh, so the team did that as a project, put telephone poles in and it was, it was, uh, I think maybe 16 feet tall. I'm trying to remember, but anyway, we built this giant green monster and then we were the fighting Irish and our, our athletic director was an artist and he painted a giant shamrock uh, in there. No, oh. the, the, the fighting Irish, uh, fighting oh. dude. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't know what you little call Irish him. Man, the little yeah. leprechaun. Yeah. Leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> Painted him in the in left field, so we so when you came to only able oh, to play in so left cool. field, you had a, a a green monster. You were you running out to yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a blast. We built it under the lights, but but the lumberyard was very supportive with that. And that's what's great about you know yeah growing up in a small community. Yeah, yeah you you know different places like that they understand it. You know they understand how far that donation would really go and how it will pay dividends yeah. much further on down the line. So that's that's really cool. Your journey to college, what was that like? Did you know you always wanted to go? college or how did you decide upon where you wanted to go to college you know, you know I'll be really honest with you um, I had no clue it was just one of them things that that's what you do that was you know? the next step that yeah. was that's what my friends were doing and it's just that's what you do and mm -hmm. so I was actually uh, during the we hosted the state tournament in O'Neill and baseball and I was offered a, a scholarship to go to UNO to play baseball um, I had no idea, but uh, the behind the plate during the uh, during the tournament was the hitting coach from UNO, and I had a really good tournament behind the plate, and so so he invited me to come down there and play. But all of my friends were going to Lincoln, and uh, so I chickened out. <laughs> Small town boy didn't didn't want to go off by himself, and so I went to Lincoln and roomed with with uh, two or three of my buddies from high school and. And went to uh, University of Nebraska, and I actually went down there um, with a biochemistry major. I was um, science, biology, chemistry; those things were I really enjoyed them in high school, and uh, I had plans to be a doctor. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I went in my first biochemistry class, and I was the only one in the class that spoke English. And and I thought, man, where did what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> what am know? I doing now? Yeah, <laughs> so, where am I? <laughs> where am I? And so this is not O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was it was just a totally totally different experience than what I was accustomed to. And quite honestly, I didn't, um, you know, my study habits probably weren't where they should be for the college level. And I understand and, uh, that. Yeah. So a year in to that experience, I switched into construction management. I went back into the construction field. And um, I actually really, really loved that, um, my experience there, but, um, and then decided to, made the decision to, um, that I could probably learn what I was learning just getting out and doing it. And so I, I went the hands-on approach and uh, got a job in the construction industry. So, um, your first, that job you alluded to was Ayers. Was that something that you learned about through your construction management? Was Or were you familiar with Ayers already, you know, before you took that position? Yeah, you know, um, I don't remember. I don't remember the experience of how it is that I came to learn about Ayers and Ayers. But looking back on it, um, you know, my experience from that point forward was linked to connections that I made through that. That's where I was really introduced to York County. Was through Ayers? Was was through there through people that worked there. Mm -hmm. So there was uh, there was two boys that uh, are from York and mm -hmm. they were working there and I, I worked with them and and so that was so obviously I was I was there for a reason but um, I don't remember and my, my experience there was good and it was you know I learned a lot and and 
kind of got me into the work world, and here we go. Most definitely, most definitely. So after errors and errors, you know, you did that for a few years. What was kind of next, and you know, how did you um, eventually find yourself into entrepreneurship, if you will? That's the fancy word they're using these days. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, you know, from from there. Um, and really, that transition. They wanted me to go out. Of, they wanted me to go to Texas and, and work on a project, and and uh, and that wasn't something I had any interest in doing. And and so from that point, I went to work for another uh, smaller company. Got into residential framing, and um, I was there a short stint, and then went out being self-employed. And you know, honestly, that journey went through several different uh, avenues. You know, through a partnership of starting out small doing this and we started out doing gutters and some siding and different things and just trying to make a living and and you know you you stumble and you fall and you do these things and but you just you just keep going and so um, we did that until I, I actually landed on uh, we had a concrete countertop business in Gretna and uh, just my wife and I and that was the, the, the birth of the name Patina Studios. The, the business model and what we did was completely different, but the name Patina Studios, that's where it began. And uh, three years into that, three and a half, almost four years into that, um, actually my dad had a, a pretty significant health issue and um, he was in the transportation trucking business and had a, a, a large business and so we went to help him in that and so we actually from that point spent eight years in the trucking business and it was that experience that brought us to york physically so we were we were in the trucking business and and had trucks of our own and and um lived in gretna and really needed uh we needed shop space we needed a place to work on trucks and we were working on them in the street and there weren't shops available in that area in, in Gretna, and the ones that were were extremely expensive. And and uh, we had a friend here that had a, a farm and a and a shop and Quonset and the whole place. And so we we came out for for that experience is is really what brought us here. Um, and then a few years into that, and I the the time frame kind of eludes me, but I want to say maybe four years into that, here, um, we had a, a customer that approached us about buying the business and. Uh, which included my dad as well, and so, long story short, we we sold the business at that point, sold all the trucks and and everything, and and in a matter of it was it was a quick uh, turnaround. In a matter of about sixty days, we went from a full bore in the trucking business to really honestly being unemployed, not having a clue what we were going to do. <laughs> big I mean, swing, big swing. I mean, we had no we had no debt, we had no business, we had no jobs, we had no nothing. And so it's like, okay, honey, what do you want to do? I mean, my wife's family was in California at the time, and and uh, you had so many options. That, yeah, yeah. So one maybe would be you know frozen by maybe how many options that they would have. Yeah. They wouldn't be you know they couldn't decide what to do. You yeah, know? yeah. No, that's great. So long story short, we decided to stay in New York, and, and we love we we stayed for the schools, for the community, for the people, and so we we decided to buy a house and settle down here. What's been, or I guess, you know, looking back on your kind of work experience, the biggest difference, you know, working at Ayers versus, you know, working at that small company versus starting your own company and being, you know, where the buck stops, you know, at some of those other places, you know, there was always someone else that, you know, if something went wrong, there was always, 
you know, someone else to point to essentially. And mm-hmm. so, um, event, you know, you landed to somewhere where, you know, it, it was all on you. So kind of talk to me a little bit about, you know, those differences that you've kind of, you know, noticed and experienced throughout that kind of work experience. You know, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, my dad's the same way. I mean, he's been, he was, you know, he'd been in business since 1969 and, uh, never had a job. And, and, and to me, it was, it was one of those things of, of, um, just opportunity, you know, opportunity being, being able to create and make something and, and make it better and, and learn, you know, learn from the mistakes, um, being able to being willing to take a risk. And so, you know, I had good experiences with, with, uh, you know, those other companies, but it seemed like wherever I was, it seemed like the opportunity had a ceiling on it. And, uh, so, you know, to me being self-employed, it, it there's no ceiling. Mm-hmm. It's also no floor. <laughs> and so it, you know, the only thing you see when you're, when you're starting into business is that there's no ceiling. And then you quickly learn that there's no floor, mm-hmm. and uh, which is great. I've always embraced that. What if, what was kind of the largest challenge that you've kind of uh, you know experienced? You know, being self-employed. What was kind of maybe a, a big obstacle that you've overcome over the years, or something that maybe you've that's been a reoccur. Maybe I don't want to say it's a reoccurring thing, but something that maybe you know is inevitable within the small business world or something. My, you know, my biggest challenge, quite honestly, has been leadership. Um, you know, I, I really think, honestly, anybody that is willing to work and has some effort and has a little bit of grit and not willing to get up, give up uh, can be self-employed. I mean, you, you can go, you can find something to do, some service to do, uh, something to sell. You can be self-employed. Um, but putting a team together and growing a business uh it is a totally different skill set and and I'll be quite honest with you when I when I ventured into that I didn't have it um you know a lot of people say that you're born a leader or you're not and and I disagree with that I think leadership is a is a learned skill um and I'm seeing a, a glimpse of that and and have a long ways to go but that's probably been the biggest uh challenge for me and the biggest eye opener is just uh, what leadership really means and how you really put that together and it, it's been a passion passion of mine most definitely and then so you mentioned um, you know moving here to York and your family and everything like that uh, let's back up a little bit you know you and your wife how did you all meet um, you, uh, share me a little bit about that story yeah so actually I was in the trucking business I was actually driving truck myself at that time over the road and uh, my wife was was from California. She was living in in uh, in uh, Las Vegas, Henderson, Nevada, as a nanny. And it's kind of a, an interesting roundabout story. But she came back to uh, actually she wasn't nanny. She came back to interview for a nanny job in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, of all places. And uh, she had a friend that lived in northwestern Iowa, and they came out to York for a church convention that weekend and I was at that convention and we met for uh, it's a you ask about a memory it's a very memorable experience because at that age not now but at that age I had I had really bad hay fever Mm. and this was this was late summer early fall and uh, so man hay fever was just so I'm carrying a box of Kleenexes 
and uh, because of the because of the hay fever and i just happened to she was in a group of people and and we got to talking and we exchanged numbers we actually wrote her number on my kleenex box <laughs> and so anyway it was it was like magic it was fire right there so anyway no but that is where i met her and and it was just a, a quick um it was a quick meeting and uh you know i had her contact but i was traveling trucking i was going to california a lot and so and then over the next couple of years, just through communications, how I got to know her. So yeah. it was a little bit of long distance dating there was, there for a yeah. little bit there. So I met her in 96 and we, we didn't really date, honestly. I just met her and we talked a little bit and then kind of grew distant. And then in 98, well, it had been late, excuse me, late 97, um, she wrote me a letter and uh, we got back acquainted and, and then it was it was a pretty short courtship. And we were, we were married, actually my, my anniversary Saturday. No, this uh, upcoming Saturday. This upcoming Saturday, so May first, oh, um, right nineteen ninety-eight, we were married. Awesome, boy, baby, twenty-three years. That? Yeah, twenty-three. So awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Early congrats. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So you mentioned a little bit, yeah, La Vista, Gretna. Um, you you met your wife, um, I guess, while you were here in York working for the trucking, and then. Um, Talk to me a little bit about what about York. You know, made you want to stay here when you had all of those options in front of you. You had been trucking, so I imagine you'd seen quite a bit of the Midwest. And so, what about York? You know, kind of stood out to you. Yeah, so I I've seen every area of the country west of the Mississippi. I mean, I've seen a lot of the East as well: Florida, Georgia, Tennessee. A lot of I haven't done a lot of the Northeast, but. Um, so I'm, I am familiar with the country and my wife has, has seen a lot of the West coast, but really what it was, was, you know, to us home is not about some magical, uh, geographic location. It, you know, it's really about, um, you know, as we got to talking about it, um, York is where we wanted to raise our kids. We didn't, we didn't want to, you know, Holly had the experience in, in California and, and the different things that go on there and and um, really when when we thought about how it was that we wanted to raise our kids how it was that we wanted to instill values in our kids it was a small community like york that um that we saw that we valued you know we had lived in gretna and it was great we loved it in gretna the school system was awesome in gretna um but it, but it just wasn't that small town environment you know it was a bedroom community for a lot of people and and, uh, but here you have community. I mean, you're, you do business with people during the day and you see them at a ball game at night and you just can't hide. And, and we like that. I mean, some people don't like that, but, but we live pretty transparent and, and we like that. We like the fact that, um, you know, someone downtown is going to see our kid walk on the street mm -hmm. and they're going to call us and say, do you know where your kid is? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and so those were the kinds of things that really drew us to York. Uh, just that small town atmosphere, and then you know being on the interstate, forty-five minutes from Lincoln. I mean, if we want to go to, if we want to go to the big city, <laughs> we can jump on the highway and do it. You know? It's not that far. It's not that far. I mean, if you live in a large metropolitan, I mean, how many times? Or yeah. if you're in Dallas, yeah. I and mean, how many trips are forty-five minutes away? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Quite a few. Yeah. I mean, a lot more than some of them probably like to admit. So, yeah. you know, living in a small town where you got to go even ten minutes down to McCool or over to Bradshaw to, you know, hang out, you know, at the at the Bulldog or something like that. Yeah. It's it's not that inconvenient. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and we've never regretted it. We've we've embraced it ever since. Mm-hmm. And so uh, raising a family here, talk to me a little bit about that. You have 
Three kids, right? Three kids, yeah. So Bo's our oldest. He's a year out of college now. His birthday's today. Turned 19 today. A lot of good things going on for you right this time of yeah, yeah. year. Um, anyway, our, our middle, Kaylee, she she turns uh, she turns 17. She's 16 now. Turns 17 in July. And then our youngest, Hope, she just turned 15 just uh, a couple weeks ago. So, you know, it's... Um, you know, like I mentioned, the experience has been has been great, just like we had already seen it. Um, the The school system, with everything we see going on nationwide, you know, we we feel very fortunate for the school system that we have, um, and the the educational experience has been great. The opportunities for for involvement in things has been has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quality of of the involvement of you know the different athletic things and the different events is, has been has also been phenomenal and and just the small community for us you know just like you had mentioned before in Gretna there's a lot of things we got to do but you know we sat down one time and we figured out how much time we really spent driving mm-hmm. and how many hours in a day I mean I think about what we did with our kids and you know you you go to school and you pick them up from school and you run home and change clothes and you go to an event and you do this and you try and translate that, that in the big city, it's like four or five hours just getting kids back and forth. You know, so to us, it was just a slower, in an extremely fast-paced life, it's a, it's a slower way to do it. Right, yeah, I couldn't agree anymore with that. That's like one of the biggest things that I've started to notice, you know, as you know, I live in these communities, and I hear friends that are starting families, and they talk about, you know, they got to, you know, be to work, you know, or be up about, a, you know, 20 to 30 minutes early so they can get their kid to the daycare so that way they can get to work on time. And heaven forbid if it snows, how, how much that throws off their schedule, you know, here in the Midwest. So, or even, you know, something as little as, you know, with you being a small business owner, being able to, um, you know, kids get out at three to go pick them up and then take them home and then get back to the office and it's not going to be more than, you know, 20 minutes maybe yep. and to do that whole trip. And so... That type of freedom and flexibility in a, in a small community is is pretty awesome. Um, and then there's yeah, like you said, so many different opportunities for involvement, both for the kids and for you know as a as an parent. So have you gotten to coach or anything like that? Or I'm sure you know. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I uh, I did being from a baseball town and coming here and, it, and the baseball experience was was less than exciting. Um, I did get involved in the in the Legion baseball as a, as a committee board member, and uh, I raised my hand at the wrong time and become the chairman. <laughs> and uh, so I'm so I'm currently the chairman of the baseball committee. And then we we've gone through several different coaching uh, situations. And again, I raised my hand at the wrong time, and I'm now the head baseball coach. Oh yeah. So this year's first year, and uh, uh, you know we've we're, we've been practicing, and and uh, anyway, I'm having a I'm having a blast. So. That that baseball program is you know great. I I was never a baseball player. It wasn't never for me. Um, but I was a huge sport. I loved going up there and watching the games, supporting my te- my classmates, all everything like that. And then you know just to see the program grow, you know, with the, the junior seniors and and it's starting to get a little bit more competitive and everything like that. And so um, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of the Legion Ball program and and hopefully one day you know as a you know um, high school. Um, baseball is a growing with it across the state that we can you know get that here locally as well because that would be only make York as a school district you know more competitive and, and a bigger advantage for everything like that so um, you know I'm, I'm hoping for that I'm uh, I'm speaking in existence it's coming it's coming so that that's just me saying this but it's coming <laughs> uh, 
And, it, and it's one of my, my big missions, but, but quite honestly, there's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't envy our, our school administrators. They, they have battles that they're, that they're facing and, the, and they're legitimate. I mean, they're legitimate battles and they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, and that's, that's one of my, that's one of my goals. My, one of my goals is, is to make this a baseball town. I love all the other sports and I'm involved in the other sports and I help with press box and football and, and different things and, and I love them, but, um, but I'd like to see baseball be more than what it is here. We have nothing but a great feeder program with that Knights. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, we, we have, we have the support there, especially at the young level. So, I mean, yeah. Another whole County guy. Exactly. Shannon Hess. So very involved in Knights and, and helped start Knights and uh, my, my, Shannon went to school up there. He's from Holt County. We we played baseball it. together. Yep. He gets yeah. it. That's part of my reason for wanting to carry this on. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's something that has started. And quite honestly, now with nights, you get out of nights, there's no place for these kids to go. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? You just play Legion ball. Yeah. And, then, and, and then... even in Legion now, you you said it. Even in Legion now, we're we're starting our first game. We're facing teams that have already played thirty or thirty five games in the season. Yep. So you have to be practicing yeah. or way early in right. order to even be somewhat competitive in that first game because you don't right. want to be throttled right out of the gate. I yeah. mean, that's not a fun way to, you know. So, but I'm proud of the, the of the program we have, the support we have with with all the sponsors incredible. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the the support that we get. Going up there and seeing yeah, the yeah. whole outfield just yeah. lined with little, you know, the 6 by whatever, 2 foot little yeah. banners they got out there. Yeah. Those are those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about being an owner. You know the the big perks, the big downside. We talked a little bit about the unlimited um, potential and then the you know unlimited floor, I guess. But what are some of the day to day kind of benefits that you know? Because you worked, you know, kind of not necessarily an office job, but something where you you were an hourly employee before. So, kind of what's that like? Um, boy, that's a loaded question. You know, I mean, it, it's uh, <laughs> how does the how does the, uh, the saying go that being self-employed is the only the only thing you can do, or you can go from sheer depression to sheer exhilaration and back within twenty-four hours, multiple times. <laughs> and it's that I wouldn't doubt that that's the journey, you know. And, and you know, to me, it, it's all about creating a vision and 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 creating some risk and stepping out there. And, and the upsides to me are, are when that comes to fruition, you know, just seeing something that you've planned, had a vision of, had an idea of, and, and see it happen, see it come together. It's really, a, it's very, really very similar to building, you know, you have a vision for a building and you put it together physically and, and it's rewarding. And, and I think, you know, I think that the thing that probably to me is, is the most rewarding is the, is the people and being able to, being able to put a team together and identifying identifying skills or traits in people that could that could be part of the team and then seeing that blossom um, in in people and in their lives and their families um, you know the downside obviously is is uh, you know I guess one other upside is there's some freedom that comes with that you know and that's why we do what we do is is to create a lifestyle and create a freedom um, and then the downside is is uh, the lack of freedom sometimes, you know, it's, it's, uh, we don't, you don't always have the ability to, to close your door and go home. And, uh, you know, if things need to be done, things need to be done. There's, there's, uh, so, um, you know, that's probably the, the downside, um, you know, current economic situation that we're in, um, 
just with the economy. I mean, economy's booming right now, and but but it's it's like you always have this thought: this can't go on forever, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so it's trying to plan for that and 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 taking that home. And so it's it's just that you know it's that struggle of, of separation. But it's a you know it's a journey that's that's a blast to be on, and and we've been on it now for over twenty years, you know, since we've had a job. It's that, yeah, you, you mentioned that, that that balance and, you know, balance isn't the, I mean, not necessarily sometimes the word you really use because sometimes you don't need the balance because you need to be at work more yeah. than you need to be at home. Making sure you're being consistent across the board with where your time is and everything like that. Yeah. So. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about, about my son and I, Bo and I, going to see Ohio State play. That was actually part of a business trip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we went to, uh, we went to a, a convention. And he went with me. He was in high school, and it was a class with 50 flooring store owners throughout the whole United States of all different. I mean, the guy that was hosting it. They did over 100 million a year. We toured their facility, and and Bo got to go with me on that. And that's and, a huge thing for him yeah, to get his incredible to be able to experience that, get his eyes on that, at such yeah. a young age to know that this is out there. I mean, yeah, yeah. so many people don't get that. So that's a huge benefit yeah. to me. It's a it's a family thing. Definitely, yeah. Um, so Patina Studios, you know. Um, you mentioned the beginnings of it um, since here in York, um, kind of what's been the beginnings here, and then, yeah, we'll go from there. So so my journey here was once, so we sold the trucking business, and we were just kind of in, in La La Land, you know, and um, so we bought a house and remodeled it and did a few things, and then it was it was kind of like, what are we going to do? We got to work someday, you know, and so <laughs> we did start working um, and uh, helped contractor here, and uh, for a bit, and then I, I started back uh, into construction. So uh, me, myself, and I, and started uh, back in the siding world and doing some exterior work. And um, I can remember during that time that, that my family, I remember spending a Christmas, it was just snowing, uh, putting siding on a house. And so um, those, are the, those are the kind of memories you have. But anyway, that grew into remodel, um, more and more remodel and addition type, type stuff. Um, you know, hired a few people, and and so I think we had a team of, of five at that point. Um, just your your traditional remodeler, where you're working during the day and got a tool belt on, and at night you're doing bids and paperwork and and uh, night and day type thing. And and uh, but I wanted to get more into kitchen and bath remodel and more interior stuff, and so I and we started doing some of that. And um, we actually partnered with a high school friend of mine that had knowledge in the flooring industry. And um, so my vision was that we could have a showroom locally and we would have the remodel business and, you know, we could use that showroom and we, it, would, it would make it easier for our customers. Um, and, and quite honestly, we moved in, we bought out Nationwide Carpet and it was Home 360 at the time and, and um, we just exploded. I mean, the first month was was incredible and the first year was incredible the first year we did three times what we had anticipated we were going to do and um so it just it just kept growing and growing and growing and and uh you know uh, we were 18 months into it and, and realized that we had some limitations and um and so long story short we we bought out our partner and and that's when we brought the name patina studios back <laughs> And so now my wife and I, we own the business 100%. We kind of redirected things into a direction that, that we wanted to go. And so we spent a year kind of retooling and hiring some people and adding some software. And now we've been back on a growth curve and it's been sharp and it's it's uh, been incredible what the support we've had. 
What was the decision, I guess, to kind of go into bathroom and kitchen? Is that just something that, like, you were familiar with, or did, was there, like, it, a specific... It's a passion. It's a passion. I've always had a... I've always had a, a passion for art. I've always loved to draw. I've always loved to design. I've always loved to look at pictures. I've always loved to... I can't say I've always... You know, some people at night, they go home and they work in their wood shop and they build things with their hands. Mm-hmm. I've always loved design. I've always loved putting things together. Making things look just... Making things look a certain good. way. Yeah. And it's like, man, that's cool. And uh, so kitchen and bath was always, to me, was was where you could really express that. And the remodel world was where you could express that. You could do something unique. And um, so with the showroom environment, you know, right now our, our business model, I would say, has changed a little bit versus when I was wearing a tool belt. There it was very hands-on labor focused. And now it's very... Uh, it's very design and, and uh, what do I say, very design and sales focused, the mm-hmm. experience. So we spend a lot of time with the customers walking through and explaining and, and the relationship with, with that. And then we also do our own installation as well, but um, driven much more by a, by a showroom environment. Um, so that's, yeah. What, is, what would you say is the biggest advantage of having that showroom versus not? Because I see some flooring places that just don't choose to have that as a you know as an option you know i always tell customers this every every customer i tell you, I say you can't make a decision until you have a color and you have a budget and that's our job our job is to create a vision and create a budget and when those two things come together in a place that is comfortable for them they're able to make a buying decision um, when i was working without a showroom i was limited to what i could explain to people and you know we would we would need to make a selection and oh you got to drive to you got to drive to Lincoln or drive to Columbus or drive to Grand Island to to make these selections we just didn't have it mm-hmm. so right so now in our showroom we literally have everything uh, to satisfy for the interior we don't do millwork packages you know doors and trim but other than that we can do a complete remodel right in our showroom you don't have to go to Lincoln you don't have to go to Grand Island you don't have to go anywhere. We can put the whole thing together. When you say that, what what, what does that mean? Like, uh, is it like kitchen sink and everything, or yeah? Like, so I guess, so what what we we just faucet everything. Yeah, so we're doing a project right now, and it's it's uh, you know we're moving some walls, so it's a kitchen remodeled, complete gut. Um, we're rewiring, doing new lights, new cabinets, under cabinet lighting, uh, countertop, sink, faucet, uh, backsplash tile, new floor. We're doing the trim work, which we don't sell the trim work. We get it locally, but but it's a, it's literally a complete package, and every single thing is picked out in our showroom. Everything. Now we don't carry 500 faucets like you would see at some of the big warehouse. You know, we carry a line of, of five or six. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get into something super custom, then we're going to have to do a little bit of research. Um, but and honestly, those are not big things for us. Faucets, sinks, under cabinet lighting, those are not. Those are not huge items as far as sales for us. It's more to complete the experience of, of being able to select everything and be one the one stop. stops. Yeah, the stop one stop shop. Yes, and yeah. and to make it convenient for our ideal customer is, is someone that they don't want to manage their own project. They don't mm-hmm. want to. They don't want to be a contractor. They just want to have a new kitchen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what we do. And 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 you know that's that's a portion of our business, and that's probably the fastest growing portion of our business right now. But 
you know, still probably 80% of our business is flooring only. Mm-hmm. Um, but we carry all the major manufacturers of flooring. I mean, if you can't find it in our store, you probably don't need it, honestly. <laughs> it's not It's not a necessary no. item. I mean, the most, common, the most common statement that we hear from customers is like, this is so overwhelming. You have way too many choices. <laughs> and so, hey, that, that's all right. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. What's kind of the um, vision for the future with uh, kind of Patina Studios? You mentioned, you know, flooring's kind of what the bulk of it is. Is there anywhere, any direction that you're kind of like going in the next, you know, five years or kind of what's that kind of look like? Yeah, that's an interesting question. We actually just had a meeting today talking about some of that. As we've grown, our goal has been revenue. Take whatever comes at us. We want revenue. Um, and that, that's been good. And we're starting to identify some areas that are not good. There's some certain segments in our business that are not as strong as other. And quite honestly, we're just not geared for it. What I realized at the beginning of the year, as I broke it down, we really have seven businesses all under one roof. Now you would think that, and I'll just talk about two of them. You would think that residential flooring, tearing out carpet and replacing it in a commercial job flooring are exactly the same. It's flooring. Mm-hmm. It's flooring. Yeah, what's the difference? Flooring, yeah. flooring, flooring. Flooring, flooring. Well, in our world, it's a completely different bid process. It's a completely different relationship. It's a different install crew. It's a different management crew. It's a different cash flow. They're all different. Everything's different about it. And we have seven of those. We literally have seven profit centers within our business. And so we are right now refocusing and retooling that. Um, and we have some of our profit centers that we will, we're going to throw some cold water on it, as I say. Um, and we'll have some that will amp up. Well, and th- these are criteria that we do. Can we... Can we be the best at it? That, that's, that's number one. Can we really be good at it? Um, you know, number two is, can we make money at it? And uh, number three is, do we, do we enjoy it? Do we, do we like doing it? And we realize we're doing a lot of things because of the, the excitement of the money and the volume and the growth, but we really don't enjoy it. And, and so... We're making some changes there. We really enjoy the retail environment. And some people think we're crazy, but we like working with customers every day. Uh, we like we like seeing people's dreams come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the experience we, we enjoy. And so I see us growing that um, and, and focusing more. I think our kitchen and bath, we have a huge focus. Um, you know, I think, honestly, we'll be up. Well, I mean, I can't even talk about percentages. It'll be incredible what we're up in that division this year already that we're up. So I think we'll be very strong in the kitchen and bath market. Uh, we'll be very strong in retail flooring. And, and I think I think in the near future, we will, we will probably, uh, I, I see us venturing out into other communities uh, nearby. Expanding your radius. Yeah, expanding our radius. And, and we talked about avenues that we will do that today. And you know, and to me, it's it's really all about developing a team and and taking the training wheels off. And when the training wheels are off, then we figure out how to develop the team again. Mm-hmm. And you just keep going. So to me, it's it, you know, I have a vision for where we're going. How fast we can get there? I don't know. It depends upon how fast the the, the team can take the training wheels off. You mm-hmm. know, honestly. But you're either you're either growing or you're shrinking. Mm-hmm. You never stay the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. To me, it's about finding people that, that fit our culture, that fit our values, that, that want to be more than who they are, and, and bringing them in and, and developing that. And, and then just 
doing it over and over and over. And keeping that momentum going. Yeah. And, you know, it'll get easier each time you're yeah. trying to train those people because you'll have, ideally, you'll have people around who have been around sure. for longer. So, yeah. yeah, that training will only become easier. Yeah, most certainly. So we're kind of wrapping to our kind of rapid fire questions here to kind okay. of round out the interview. Um, kind of keep the whole thing. I like to, you know, there's a lot, too much negativity in the world, so we try to stay as positive yeah. as we can here. So what has been the most positive part of the pandemic for you? For me, I would say just the um, growth of, you know, businesses, you know, just being creative, you know, just how creative this pandemic forced people to be. It wasn't the best of circumstances, but people, you know, made the best of it with their creativity, whether it was outdoor seating or, you know, delivery or, you know, the governor, um, with the picking up, you know, drinks from a restaurant, you'd be able to take your Budweiser home and everything like that. So yeah, I, I think those types of creativity were, were great to see. Sure. You know, I think the most positive thing for me is, was viewed as negative to a lot of people. Um, families were locked down. There was nothing to do. There was mm -hmm. no events. And I think for the most part, I, I think a lot of times families and kids do things because they feel like they have to, to keep up with the next people, the next, keep up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it removed that. The pandemic removed that to where the expectation to do things wasn't there. And it really gave us a lot more quality family time. And it's, it's, it's something that I'll remember for a long time. And the growth is just that our family uh, went through during that time uh, was was huge and it was just a matter of we couldn't go anywhere there was nothing to do <laughs> yeah. and so the expectation to do that was removed and and it was it was great I mean as a family I mean we played games all the time and and it was just those things that to be able to you know to bond in those relationships that take you into the future family game night came back for the first time yeah. for like 20 years yeah you know, I don't remember ever sitting around playing games, you know, like this past year even. So it was, you know, even, the, yeah, I mentioned creativity and, you know, the Zoom stuff, being able to, yeah. you know, even though I, you know, all my fraternity brothers, we were locked in our, our states, you know, we were still able to, you know, get on and play, you know, different clicker games or things like that through Zoom. And so, yeah, those connections were, were strengthened, you know, through the pandemic. So, yeah, I totally it's agree funny, with I, that. I'd never heard of Zoom before this <laughs> pandemic. We now, I mean, we'll now use Zoom in our office talking to another gal and, you know, another employee in the other office because mm -hmm. it's like, I can stay right here in my environment. I got my information. I can share my computer screen. It's more productive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Instead of flipping your computer around, yeah. here's a monitor. You just yeah. share the screen. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's been great. Um, so you know, what's kind of, uh, you have a day off, you know, not very many of those. I'm not sure with, you know, being a small business owner. What's your favorite way to kind of spend that day off? Do what you want. Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting because we're in a retail business, so we, we see people all the time. And we're dealing with people all the time. And I love dealing with people, and I mentioned that. But really, really, when it comes down to it, I'm not a people person. And so my weekends, my, my day off, my best day off is to do nothing, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I... I'm a planner, so I really like to, to schedule my week for the next day. Um, you know, probably my ultimate Saturday is to get up early and go golfing with my son or my wife, either one. And I love to play golf early in the morning when it's calm and quiet and uh, and then be able to, to plan and, 
and um, you know we love we do love to we do love to go out to eat we love to do things um, we love to go to sporting events so so we take that in whenever we can but but just you know I just just no obligations I guess is is the biggest thing um, to be able to slow down a little bit just catch up on doing nothing yeah there you go <laughs> For sure. What's a, a favorite restaurant here in York County? Could be you know you know something in York, you know La Cocina, or you know whether it's Carrie's down in McCool, you know that's always a special, um, or even Hunter's Lounge over in Waco. You know what's something that kind of um, sticks out to you? Well, I'll tell you, Derek, to have a physique such as mine and maintain it, you have to have more than one favorite restaurant. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean. You gotta love, you know. You gotta love. Chances are, uh, just a just a classic. Um, so so we do love. Chances are, um, you know we love we love La Casina. You know we love love Mexican foods. We love La Casina. Um, you know we do we do Chinese once in a while. And we love that too. Um, Carries is another stop that we make, and and we love that one. So, I, you know I don't know that there's one that sticks out to us that is like this is where we go and this is our place. I mean, there's so many good opportunities here. Yeah, there are. Um, and I was actually just on a call, funny enough, uh, yesterday, um, and you said La Cocina. Um, we were looking at Walmart statistics somehow, and the number one place people visit before they go to La, uh, Walmart is La Cocina. So <laughs> for whatever reason, people like to eat their Mexican food in La Cocina and then go and uh, yeah. go, <laughs> go Maybe shopping. Maybe they're going to buy an an acids or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's yeah. an interesting stat. It, it was an interesting, it, it was the same thing in Seward County. They would go to La Carreta and then oh, yeah. it, was, it was Walmart. So I don't yeah. know. What it is about the routine that you know people just want to eat and then go yeah. go shopping. That's so it's kind of interesting. Um, what's maybe a favorite meal? Um, could be from one of those restaurants, or what's something that um, if there's a, a meal that's home cooked or something that you're always seeking out. Well, I'm kind of a steak and potatoes guy, so I, I do I do like and I you know my my son's birthday, so we're having serpent turf tonight, and that's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> but but quite honestly, when we get the opportunity, my whole family's kind of geared this way now. Is we're a sushi family, man. We've really got oh. to be sushi snobs, and sushi it's snobs. it's phenomenal. <laughs> and so and that's not something you can get in York County. No, uh, yeah, I was going to say but, you're going to uh, leave for that. But. What's a favorite memory that you have here in York County? I mean, I know it can be sometimes to get one. So is there maybe a series of memories that kind of, um, or some landmark moments that kind of stick out in your mind? Well, I mean, I've already mentioned a couple of them, and that's kind of what sticks out to me. One is, is meeting my wife. That was before we lived here, but that was in York County. Um, you know, so that memory obviously sticks out. Um, you know, another memory is just like we talked about was was with the during the pandemic and the and our family um and and those times that i mean that's a, a memory that that will stick with me for a long time um for sure and then if you could spend um 10 days in any part of the world um where would you kind of spend those 10 days you know just long enough to get away but still you know yeah. you know i, I gotta come back so again, that's a that's a hard one to answer because my wife and I both love to travel. Um, it, it's we just love to travel, and so I, I mean we've talked about going to Ireland. We'd love to go there. We love the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we've spent a lot of time in the Pacific Northwest. There's parts of California we absolutely love to go to. Um, we spent a lot of time in Mexico. We were in Mexico three times last year. We love it in Mexico. Great, yeah. Uh, we actually were just there about three weeks ago. 
Um, so, so we like that part of it too. But actually, I'd love to go. Um, you know, I'd love to go into the the uh, the Northeast and uh, and and see some of that country. I've never been to that country, but I've always been a I've always been kind of a vagabond, and that's why I was drawn to trucking because I just I just love to see, see the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my wife does too, and so so we love to go. But there's I can't really say that there's one spot that we're just dying to see, but there's a lot of spots we're. If dying you could to spend see. ten days in the Northeast, I think that would cover. Oh I yeah. mean, quite a bit. I mean, with all the trains that are up yeah. there. I mean, I lived up in Maine for about three months, and so oh, yeah. that was. I was there from August to November, or something around that time frame, and so it was great. I mean, I got to see the leaves change. I was up there. I didn't ever get to get out to Boston or anything like that. That was my biggest regret, but. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's so much history, so old up yeah. there. I mean, well, and everywhere you go, every every area has their thing. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's just like, you know, obviously, if you want to see tulips, you're going to go to a tulip spot. But every place has has something to see, mm-hmm. and it's amazing in its own way. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. So, what's a maybe a favorite county or a local event that you're maybe looking forward to every year? Whether it's York Fest or the county fair or getting out to one of the smaller community, like community celebrations, you know, what's something, sip and stroll, something that you might be looking forward to every year. You know, I love the feeling around uh, fair time. Um, it's just one of those things that, that is just like, it's it's that time of the year, you know, it's warm and the, the you know, the things are in the air. I grew up around livestock and mm-hmm. the trucking business, we hauled livestock, so being around that environment is good, so... Um, you know, seeing the fireworks here, we have incredible fireworks here. It's very well supported. Uh, so that's a big thing. Um, you know, then you, you go into football season, it's just like the anticipation of, of watching football. You know, I don't even kids play anymore, but to me it's still just to go experience, you know, football here and be a part of that is something I always I always look forward to. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Friday Night Stadium. Lights. Friday yeah. Night Lights. It's just like I just can't wait to get home, change clothes, and and, and go you to can the hear the game at your house, though. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you can. That's that's a fact. But, Clear uh, across town. Yeah, uh, we can still hear it. And then and then of course, uh, you know, we're getting ready to launch into baseball season. Yeah, you know, year one. Yeah, this is going to be a, a fun year for you. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. a lot of good stuff going to be coming. For yeah, sure. I'm going to round it out here with a few other segments. This next one's kind of a what's making us happy segment. Just to kind of talk about you know anything good that's going on in our lives, whether work, personal, anything like that. Um, I'll go first. Um, what's going on is uh, this past weekend I actually had family doubles uh, for state bowling. Uh, me and my like uh, one of my high school bowlers uh, that just graduated. She, um, she and I, you know, got hooked up with uh, at the at the league and uh, decided to bowl family doubles together. And uh, we actually ended up bowling really well, and we're sitting in first place right now across the state. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm really excited that I'm really optimistic for her. I'm hoping, yeah, we can get some scholarship money for her. And so, yeah, a really, really good time. So what about you? What's yeah. going on? Well, we got a lot of things going on. So so Bo, our, our oldest, went off to uh, college, and um, he had a similar experience to me. Um, loved his college experience, but... But after sorting through things, decided to, to come back, and he's working for us. And so, um, you know, just being able to, to mentor him and, and grow another part of our business and see that change and that growth is, is great. You know, to me, success is, is the gradual realization of a worthwhile goal. And uh, so just to have a few of those things out front of us and, and working towards them, um, you know, we're working on uh, potentially some, some 
uh, improvements to our home, and, and that's exciting to, to be able to do some of those things. Um, you know, and then just, just seeing our, our kids grow. You know, we got Kaylee after this year. She'll be going into her senior year, and, and she's starting to think about her next plans, and so that's exciting. Um, so we've just got all of those things. Of course, Husker football is coming back this Saturday. Yep. Plan to take that in, so that's exciting. That'll be, that'll um, be great. Yeah, so those are the those are the things that that kind of drive us. It's gonna be fun, yeah. Get back into that, just that environment again. I know it's just kind of a practice for the you know the everything going on in the fall, but you know yeah. it's gonna be good to get around everyone and just get that spirit back in the air and everything like that. So, well, I just want to thank you for your time today. Uh, it's been uh, you know great a uh, few minutes here just sitting down and chatting with you and getting to know you a little bit about you and a little bit about Patino Studios and so. Um, I'll let you close out the show. Um, this is what I, uh, I typically do. I let um, my guests, you know, have the last kind of words there. So whatever you kind of want to leave us with, uh, a quote, some final words, you know, kind of whatever you want to kind of say, um, I'll let you kind of round out however. So take it away. Well, I don't know if I have any uh, anything profound, but first of all, thanks for the invite. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the interest and in learning more about our business and about me and and uh, being part of the community and and uh, I do appreciate that um, you know I guess the, the the thing that comes to mind is is you know life's a journey and to you know find a, a community that is that you want to make that journey with that you that you fit in with and that you can grow with I think that's a, a big part of of life and and um, so anyway, we, we appreciate York County uh, that as a, as a place that is home, that we feel comfortable in that journey and that growth and, and uh, being able to, to continue and, and be better day after day. And, and um, it's just uh, awesome to be part of something that's, that's as supportive as the York County community is. Awesome. Well, thank you for everything, Rod. You bet. Thank you. This is 17 County, brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.